The scripture today is from Job chapter 42, verses 12 and 13. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, and he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. First, I would like to just thank God and also thank Reverend Irvin and Reverend Betty Green and the leadership of Central Christian Church for the privilege that I've been given to share the word of God this morning. I want to be a good steward of God's word so I want to, uh, again, go right into what the Lord has put on my heart this morning. We just uh, heard a reading from the book of Job, but I would also like to take and share another scripture passage, also from the Old Testament, but this is from the book of the prophet Haggai. In the book of Haggai, in the second chapter in verse 9, it says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. My message is simply entitled this morning, The Best is Yet to come. The best is yet to come. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, we ask now that thy spirit will not only fill this vessel, that I will be an instrument of your power, your grace, and love. We ask that you will speak through me words of encouragement, and most of all, words of power and love that your children might be encouraged to continue to be a light in a world of darkness. We ask that you meet us at this, the preaching hour, for I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Someone once said, that a picture is worth a thousand words. But also, I have come to understand that a good story is also worth a thousand words. And this morning, I would like to share with you one of my all-time favorite stories. It's about a woman who was born and raised in the city, and of course, she would meet a young man who was a farmer, and they would get married. She moves out to the farm and is getting acclimated, just getting acclimated to farm life 
when she finds out she's pregnant. Nine months later, she gives birth to two boys, identical twins. They were identical down to even the birthmark, except there was one big difference. One of the boys was an optimist. Everything was good in life, everything was great, life was wonderful, he was always happy. But the other boy was a pessimist. Nothing was ever good, nothing was ever right, everything was terrible, he never had a good day. About three or four years, they were about to turn four years old, and the mother said, I can't take it anymore. So it is said she picked up both boys, threw them in the back of the car, and drove off to the city to the psychiatrist's office. She grabbed them out of the car, took them in the office, threw them on the couch, and said to the doctor, Doc, I don't care what you have to do, but you have to even them up some. After the doctor had sat and listened to her for a while, he says, I think I got an idea that might work. She said, what is it? He said, they have a birthday coming up, right? She said, yes. He said, this is what I want you to do for that pessimist. I want you to go out and find and buy all the best toys you can for him, and I want you to fill a room with them and then I want you to put him in that room and close the door. She said, okay, doc, I can do that. But what about that other one? He says, you got manure out there, right? She says, yes. I want you to get a box, fill it with manure, put it in a room, and put that little optimist in there with it and close the door. She said, okay. On the day of their birthday, she went out and bought all the best toys she could find and filled the room with it and put that little pessimist in it and closed the door. And she went out and found a big old box and filled it with manure and put it in the other room and took and put that little optimist in it and closed the door. After about 20 minutes, she couldn't take it anymore. So she crept down the hall where that pessimist was and she opened the door a little bit and when she did, she pushed it open all the way. Here the toys were broken, torn apart. This little boy is now in the corner crying. Oh, I get nothing good. Nobody treats me right. My life is terrible. She looked at him and said, oh my God, he's worse. At that moment, she remembered that little optimist. So she ran down the hall, burst in the door, and here this little boy is in that box of manure up to his elbow, throwing manure everywhere. She picked him up looked him in the eyes and said, what's wrong with you? It is said the little boy looked his mother in the eyes 
And he said, Mommy, you can't fool me. Where there's manure, there must be a pony. I love sharing that story. It's an old story, and I know perhaps somebody may have heard it. It was very popular back in the 80s, so I'm telling my age a little bit. But I love this story because to me, and I hope for you, it will remind us that I believe this is who God wants us to be. He wants us to be optimistic. He wants us as his children to believe that even in a smelly situation, the best is still yet to come. Because some of us, we have to admit, sometimes life gets a little smelly. Even for the Christian believer, I and you understand that God loves us. But I want to share with you, my beloved, because we love God and because God loves us, it does not exempt us from troubles, heartaches, and difficulties. Even we who are the first fruit and love God have to face some trouble sometimes. It's in the Bible, in the book of Job. Job's story is one of the best known in the Bible, and if you have not read it, I encourage you to go and read Job's story. This morning, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but I want to lift up some highlights from Job's story. In chapter one of the book of Job, it tells us how Job loved God and that God loved Job and that God blessed Job abundantly. Not just abundantly, but God made him the richest man in his entire region. He was the Bill Gates of his time. He had not only wealth materially, he was blessed with three daughters and seven sons, Job had a blessed life. But in that chapter one, it tells us that God allowed evil to come into Job's life. And Job lost all of his wealth, all of his cattle, all of his sheep, his horses. And not only did he lose that, but his daughters and sons were all killed tragically. Job went from being wealthy and blessed on top of the world. By the end of chapter one, he is now at the bottom, having lost it all. Folks, God loves us. But God also tells us in his word, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. We as believers must also be conscious that trouble 
are part of our life at times. Job lost all his wealth. He lost his children. And in a time of difficulty, and some of us have been there, you take and say, it's terrible. Some of the folk in Florida are saying, it's terrible. I've lost my home. I've lost my possession. But I want you to know, be careful of thinking it cannot get worse. Because it's terrible to lose your material possession, your money, your wealth. But you don't know what bad is until you lose your health. Your money will not buy your health. Steve Jobs had as much money as anyone, but he didn't run out of money. He ran out of time. Health. Job had lost all his wealth, his children, but the second chapter of Job said it got worse. He was afflicted by evil from the top of his head to the sole of his feet with balls and sores. Job went from living his best life to living a nightmare. My beloved, let me say this. I did not come this morning to discourage anyone by telling you a sad story of difficulty and trouble in your life. I came by this morning, though, to remind you that sometimes even in the believer's life, life can get rough and get smelly. But I also came by to remind you that even in the darkest hour, in the midst of a storm, don't give up. Don't you quit. Don't you surrender. Because even in your circumstance, we still have a God who sits high and looks low. My beloved, no matter what the situation or circumstance you may have to face in this life, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on, and if you can believe that even in this tragedy, the best is still yet to come. Everyone gave up on Job, but Job did not give up on God. Job kept his faithfulness and his trust and faith in God despite his circumstance. And in the last chapter of the book of Job, in chapter 42, it tells us that God restored all of Job's wealth. In fact, he gave him twice as much as he had before. And he also gave him seven more sons, three more daughters, and allowed him to see four generations of children. God blessed the latter years of Job more than his former years. I want you to know, Central, that the Bible tells us over and over about persons who have went through trouble and difficulty, but over and over, it reminds us that God can bless your ladder more than what you have now 
if you would but trust him. I believe the Bible is the greatest gift that God has put on earth for us. Because when you read the Bible, you read about a word that's more powerful than any wealth, more powerful than any atomic bomb. The, pop, the Bible is so powerful because when you read those stories, it gives us hope. Hope is another word for optimism. Hope is what kept that little boy digging in the midst of manure, hoping that there was a pony. And sometimes we gotta keep digging and we gotta keep hope even in our dark hours, cancer, diabetes, no matter what it might be, stories like Job and others tell us that God can still bring us through. At one time, the nation of Israel was the splendor of the world. They had the greatest temple on earth, but through disobedience, they lost it all. And yet God's grace and mercy allowed them to go in captivity, but God brought them back to their home. But when they got there, it was destitute. But the prophet Haggai told them that God said, you're moaning about what you had, but God is saying that if you will trust him and put God first, God will make you an even greater temple than the former. God is telling us in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Put God first in our lives. Put God at the top of your life. And if you will trust God and put God there and believe God even in the storm, God will make a way out of no way and God will overcome any circumstance, any situation we will ever face. In fact, the God we serve is such a wonderful God that God wants us not to even fear death. Why do I say we don't even have to fear death? It's because after three days in a grave, early that morning, he rose. He rose with all power in his hands and he saved my soul and he saved your soul. And because he rose, even at death, the best is yet to come. I want to close by reminding us all that today is World's Communion Sunday and that Christ, when he gathered with his disciples in that upper room, he broke bread and he took the cup and shared with them. But he also said this, he told his disciples that I will not drink of this cup again until I drink of it with you in paradise. It is my belief that even at the Lord's Supper, Jesus was saying to them, be not disheartened. The best is still yet to come. God bless you, Central, and may God keep you.